it's like, how do you navigate this in the best possible outcome? And obviously there was the given. There was, you have to do this, you have to do this. Okay, like, let's do it. Well, also balancing, like, the sensibilities around, you know, who all is involved here, mm-hmm. right? Like, our, our, our story is not unlike that of most people. The vast majority of times that this happens, it happens with someone who you know, you love, you trust, a family member, a close friend. Mm-hmm. And that, that was true for our, for our family as well. And so, you know, there's all of this nuance and all of these emotions and it's very layered and also you have to do. And so I feel like you came to the table with a much more, I mean, you were, you, you, you came to the table, I can't even say with a much more, with only the, the perspective of like the human element. And I was looking at the, the human element and also mm-hmm. this to-do list, mm-hmm. like this case, like a literal caseload, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and then also I had like the, the perspective of typically this is what it looks like years down the line. Mm-hmm. So I had this added vantage point and I was trying to convey those things, right. Convey those things to, to you. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know that we just, we approached the situation in two very different ways. Um, right. And that was that was challenging. It was challenging, and I felt like we both did the best that we could at that time. Looking back at it, things could completely go different, you know. In some ways, in other ways, it we it, it they would go the same, you know, given how it played out. But again, that we circle back to this indifference of gap in communication. And how do you tackle that? Welcome to the Hennapreneur Podcast, the exclusive podcast of its kind, dedicated to giving you an honest look at the realities of making a living as a henna professional. I'm your host, Chelsea Stevenson, a tea-loving, shoe-collecting mother of three in constant search for the most poppin' pair of earrings and the perfect shade of red lipstick. I'm also a professional henna artist and business strategist who went from barely being able to piece together a fluid design to being the owner of the most celebrated henna boutique in my city. I'm on a mission to help henna professionals to harness their skills and grow vibrant, profitable businesses that they absolutely love. If you want to make more money with your art, you are definitely in the right place. Let's get to it. Hey, hey, Hennapreneurs. Welcome back to another episode of the Hennapreneur Podcast. This is the third of our series with my shared interview with my ex-husband, Ahmed, as we're kind of diving into what it was as our experience growing a business, building a business, um, and also navigating, you know, navigating life as life partners, right? And um, I hope that thus far through the series, you... I've been able to gather a number of takeaways, things that might be applicable for yourself, for your own life, for your own uh, partnership or relationship. And, you know, in this episode, we're getting a little bit more uh, granular and defining what things um, kind of stood out for us on a personal level. Um, And I'm hopeful that um, you can identify with what's shared here and perhaps you'll find things here that will be helpful for you as you're navigating your journey as well. Uh, So without further ado, let's get right back in. 
Well, and I think we tried, right? Like mm-hmm. we we did try. I it forced us to it forced us to be still. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this happens in October, <laughs> which and and in November, literally like not even a month later, we're out at a henna conference. Like I co-founded a henna conference. We're there teaching People know about what's happening mm-hmm. because at that point, I'd also been very vocal about it. Mm-hmm. I'd been very vocal about I mean, with discretion, but I'd been vocal about it in public spaces. Like, this is what our family is going through. We need some time. Mm-hmm. And um, so the henna community starts to, like, hear about it. We're My business knows about it because I shut everything down mm-hmm. and tell them what's happened. Mm-hmm. And, like, <laughs> there was a good... Three months there it was it was a it was exactly three months actually where things were quote unquote shut down from the business side and at home we were just like in it mm-hmm. trying to make sure that we were cared for like those were the nights that we're up praying in the middle of the night together mm-hmm. those are the nights that we're like doing what we can't like I remember a time where you had to help me brush my hair mm-hmm. you know what I mean like I was lost mm-hmm. um, when it really started to it was hard hit yeah and like I don't know I look at that that time frame and it's like there's just there was I don't know it's a forced break it was it was a you know you hit a brick wall yeah it was interesting like from from the perspective of of the business and so forth. Like I shut everything down and it was like, no question. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I learned. That's that was really where I learned for the first time. Like things have to change if we're going to like, even the hours, right. Which Mm -hmm. up until then still very like, uh, not having it. Like, Mm -hmm. this is hard for me. And it wasn't until then that that's where I had the wake up call that like, no, what I'm building over here has to support my family. Mm-hmm. It has to support my value system. It has to support what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. And I remember us having the conversation around like, okay, our part of our, our shared values as parents, like making sure that our, our obviously safety, right? We mm-hmm. want to make sure that our children are safe. We want to make sure that they're supported. We want to make sure they have access to uh, mental health resources or to whatever else. Um, we want to make sure that they don't, and we want to make sure that they're cared for. Mm-hmm. So like literal sustenance. So at that point I saw myself begin to shift and where sure prior to that, I was treating my business like a business. That was the moment where it was like, okay, but this business needs to be performing better. Mm-hmm. It needs to be better because if I have, if, if life hits you with, an emergent situation or with a, a, a blind side like that mm-hmm. and you're working for yourself and you don't have your stuff in order, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to afford to support and sustain yourself and restore your family and take care of you and do those things mm-hmm. and also pay the bills. Right. And I, 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 I'm like, I go back and think about it. I'm like in that time frame, I still had to work, mm-hmm. you know? So forget processing the thought or, or being there for you, you know, in, in that three-month span, you know. It's like, well, a couple of days here and there, but, like, still, it's like, uh, I remember getting emotional at work, you know. Yeah. And, 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 and hiding that, yeah. you know. Um, but it's like, yeah, it, you know, if you, the business was there 
then it would be like, okay, three months, we, we all just go in hibernation, whatever, you know, and, and, and isolation and figure this out, you know? Right. So it's like, again, perception, two different things going on at two different sides. And then you have a combination of something, a third thing going in between in a dynamics. Yeah. Um, so it, it was difficult. It was very difficult. I feel like, I don't know, I, I look at that time and I, I mean, I always try to look for the silver lining. Obviously, I hate everything about that. Right. <laughs> Obviously, I hate everything about it. Absolutely. Like, and also, like, in retrospect, you know, you look back and, and you think about what you learned or what, what changed, what shifted, and I'm grateful for that time because it did shine light on this bigger, I don't want to say it was like a bigger issue, but this, this existing issue that I really didn't have the, the vantage point Mm -hmm. or perhaps even just the common sense Mm -hmm. to, to really value or place importance on prior. And that was making sure that the work was after the family. Right. Ours. Not just ours. Not just ours. But the concept. Yeah. The boundary. Like, the boundary. That was when really things started to change. And I remember us going through the festival calendar and, like, slashing off festivals. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. not doing this. If I'm going to be away from my family, it has to be worth it. Mm -hmm. And cutting out 75% of my festivals that next year, Mm -hmm. in 2018. Mm -hmm. Um raising my prices like at that point i like doubled my prices doubled my rates because i'm like if i'm gonna be away from my kids this needs to make sense yeah you know mm-hmm. um i re- like i remember all of these all of these shifts mm-hmm. that happened very quickly thereafter because it's like no like when i <laughs> oftentimes you know we and you and i have talked about it obviously in the context of my business and and how it affects our lives. But the entrepreneur community also, they hear me talk about like sustainability and sustainability feels like novelty or maybe it feels like a buzzword. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I feel like people can hear me talk about sustainability and think like, Oh, it's just in case, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, no, you don't know what life can throw your way. Right. You really don't know that. And so to have a sustainable business it's only that much more important if you decide to go full time mm-hmm. or even if you don't, right? You can be part time, but it doesn't matter. Like if mm-hmm. you need to shut your stuff down, you right. still need to be able to have the means to take care of yourself and your family. Right. And that I remember, oh my God, I remember there being the GoFundMe account for mm-hmm. us so that we can make sure that the kid, because imagine like you now have, we've got two children who need to be in therapy. We need to be in therapy. Like, mm-hmm the cost of mental health care is astronomical. It was not covered under our insurance. And a baby. And a baby. And a baby. Mm-hmm. And, like, because at that point, Nadia, was she was tiny. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, we've got all of these expenses. And I remember feeling so mortified mm-hmm. that there was a GoFundMe page. Mm-hmm. Thankful. Grateful. Alhamdulillah. Of course. And mortified. Mortified. And I was like, I never want to be here again. Mm-hmm. I never want to be here again. Right. And so, um, 
I know for me, like that was, that was where there was this massive shift. And honestly, n- not only was it a shift in, in cardamom clove, but also, I mean, 20, this is happening at 2017. I remember at the time that this was happening, I was in the middle of interviewing for best of Baltimore mm-hmm. and like <laughs> the Baltimore sun is doing a piece on me. I've got like these two different media outlets that are both writing about me and I'm terrified. Mm-hmm. Like what happens if as they're researching me, they find this GoFundMe and then the story changes and now they want to talk to me about this instead of that. And like, mm-hmm. I remember this was happening at what was quote unquote the peak at, at that point. Mm-hmm. It was the peak of my career. And at work I felt, and oh my gosh, and I feel like maybe this is the first time even saying this to you. I remember at work feeling like, oh my God, I'm in my peak. This is amazing. While at home dealing with like, this is the lowest it has ever been. Right. This is the ugliest rock bottom I've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. And the the space between those two places was so vast. When I needed to tap out, it was easy to tap into work. Mm-hmm. Because at least there it felt good. Right. And I can like, I can take ownership of that of that part, like in our relationship of mm-hmm. me stepping back and stepping away and stepping back into doing and stepping back into focus on what I'm building over here. And part of it was being justified by, I want us to be better so that we don't have to experience this again. Right. But also part of it was self-preservation. Right. And I, know, I mean, again, we're talking about perception. If you were up top, you know, to preoccupy and whatnot because it felt good. I was at the bottom, mm-hmm. and I felt at the bottom, and it's like, okay, well, I need you to tap back in here. But how can you tap? How can I tell you to tap back in here if I'm bringing you back down to the bottom? Mm-hmm. You know. So if that's your happy place and that's where you're peaceful, of course I want you to stay there. I'm not going to say, hey, come back to reality and hurt with me. You know, it's to say, okay, let her go build because obviously there's a shared goal. She's also building for us. Yeah. You know, she's building for our family. And then also in the back of my mind, it's like, well, I also need her here, you yeah. know? So do you be selfish and bring somebody back down, quote unquote, even though you're not bringing them down? You're just saying, I need your support here as well. I need to process this as well, you know? Or do you let them be and you say, okay, I got this. I can I can I can navigate this. I can put my big boy pants on and figure this out, right? Um but then again at that moment for me it's saying you failed as a protector, you know, of, of your family. You failed. Like one of these cups fell over that you were sitting here filling water or filling it whatever. It, it it fell. It tipped over. What are you going to do now? It's shattered. How can you replace this glass? What what do you do here? You know, the water just didn't come out. The glass fell. Mm-hmm. So, and it's like, you're like, oh my God, this is never going to be the same. Yeah. So, it, it was difficult. It was difficult to navigate. It was difficult to accept. It was difficult to acknowledge that this is what happened, you know? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And it was, like, like you said, I think, I mean, that was, 
things weren't the same after that. No. And we tried really hard to make them be. Right. And also, I think we tried really hard to, like, form a new normal. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that was a lot. Did we go forward or do we try to go back and formulate how we were beforehand? Because things changed and things shifted, you said, for you. And obviously, they have for me as well. And it was kind of like, hey, here's a wake-up call. Yeah. But here's a wake-up call into now you got to look at all of this. And now you got to take this completely different. Yeah. So it, I, it was difficult. I feel like it was in that, it was around that time and in the years following because I like when I look at my own journey, 2017, 2018, 2018 is a blur. If I'm being totally honest, I don't remember most of 2018. I mean, nor do I. I yeah, and like this is something I've talked about like in therapy. It's mm-hmm. like 2018. It was therapy. I see things. No, I'm talking about I'm I'm unpacking 2018 now. Right. Like I I will see pictures of things from 2018 mm-hmm. and I'm like I don't even remember that. Right. And it was it was so it was such an ugly time for us. Mm-hmm. That I almost like just write the whole year off, which is right. sad because actually a lot of great things happened during 2018. Mm-hmm. But I was not I didn't mentally I didn't have the capacity to even acknowledge them. It was literal just like Make sure that the family floats through this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) You know? Absolutely. And so I feel like it wasn't until 2019 and coming into 2020 Mm -hmm. that things really started to, I guess, like, brighten up for us or awaken for us. At least for me. That was my experience. Mm -hmm. 2019 is when I really started to own, like... Yo, something's got to change. Mm-hmm. Something's got to change. Personally, something's got to change. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think having had this experience, this shared experience with our family, and it was like, okay, well, what are what are your values? Right. That's where that sort of work really started to come up. Right. You know? And, and those things that I thought that I had defined... I came to realize they weren't as defined as I thought they were, or they're not, they weren't actually what I thought they were. Perhaps the values that I had were not even values that were my own. They were someone else's values that I'd like adopted. And I had to come into, no, this is actually who I am. This is actually what I think. This is actually who I want to be um, and embody that more fully. Right. I mean, for you, I guess the question I, I'm interested to know how, for you, like, how did those values change? Did you experience one? Did you experience that in the same way as what I'm describing? Or was it a little bit different for you? Yeah, 2017, forget it. 2018 was a blur because 2018, the only thing that happened that whole year is therapy that you can remember, I could remember. And other things happened, sure, is about making it that year. Just make it. Yeah. Twenty nineteen for me was the same thing. It was just make it, but it was make it in a completely different platform. Twenty twenty, when we took that break, it was like the first memory to say, "Okay, we are. This is we're here. We're okay. We're somewhat okay, as okay as we can be." You yeah. know that 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 break, uh, vacation, whatever. 
you know? And then, then we had to deal with COVID. <laughs> so then it's all, it's like, it didn't stop. We didn't get a break since 2017. Yeah. And now we're at 2021. And it's like, okay, we can, we can, we can start to navigate, right? But then we have to deal with other stuff. Yeah. I feel like that's it very much, very much, very much that. Like 20, from 2017, 2018, 20 into 2019, it was such a blur. And I think at 2019, come 2019, there was like this feeling of, okay, um, things are starting to, things are getting better. And actually they were, I, I, for a minute, they were getting better. Like in 2019, things were going really well at, you know, at the boutique, at the Hanna boutique. And we were doing like Hennapreneur had started to grow. We had our first launch of the accelerator in 2019, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, from the business perspective, things were doing exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. I, from a personal perspective, I felt like I was doing much better. Um, I'd come off, finally come off of like antidepressants because I was dealing with all of that mm-hmm. after the experience that we had. Um, you know, I made some different decisions and whatnot, some changes around my own health and like lifestyle. I was doing, like, I felt like I was doing really, really well and things were starting to look up. And also, like, I felt as though we, I begun, I, part of this also is, I think has to do with age Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I was approaching my 30th. Mm -hmm. So 2019, I'm 29 years old and I'm looking at 30 and I'm like, what's happening with my life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And so I think at that point also I started to like shine a light on who do I want to be? What do I want to experience? What like what do I want life to look like? And so we come into 2020. I'm about to turn 30. We go on vacation for the first time, have a wonderful time. And while we're there, I'm also in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm also like, man, this is it. Like we here comes 30 mm-hmm. and I start doing a lot more reflection and a lot more thought around my value system and who I want, who I am, not who I want to be, who I am, mm-hmm. who I am. And during that time, over the course of 2020, I came to this, this like realization that a lot of who I am had been lost Mm -hmm. and I didn't want that anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. And so then, you know, it begs the question, okay, what, what do your values tell you about that? Right. Right. Do you, do you sacrifice who you are for the benefit of your family do you prioritize like what do what prioritizes what who prioritizes who like what mm-hmm. where's this where's the hierarchy there right and i just remember being so fed up frustrated and fed up and i was like no i want i need to take care of me mm-hmm. and that's where things started to get a little bit dicey mhm for us. Uh, 2019. 2019 they did, but 2020... Right. That's well, when it like, kind of solidified. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then that was the end. And then that was the end. Yep. 
Well, that's a concise way to put it. I mean, that's honestly <laughs> it. That's 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 the next step. Was that was it? So I mean, but what about you? Like, how how did you change over that? It was it was playing catch up. Those years, it was playing catch up. It's say, this is where I'm. This is where I've been. This is where I'm at. This is where I need to be. And this is where I want to be. And where I want to be and where I need it to be lined up closely. But it still required growth that needed to happen. And my growth happened a lot slower than yours did. Because I was still finding myself spread between these positions. I had to fulfill these, these cups that I keep back referring to. And then also, I want to get out of the corporate world. And I want to find my own path. I want to find my own vision. I had a vision. I wanted to be financially free. And I wanted to be working for myself or at my own hours if I wasn't working for myself. And it was the freedom to say I can tap into work here and I can value and override work by saying I need to take time for family. And I'm like, that's where I wanted to be. That was my value. Um, that was what was important to me because it lined up with my value. So now I needed to get there and I need to get there on my own and I need to be in my own lane. And also support you and support the family and still fulfill these cups. So my growth was dramatically slower than what I even wanted it to be, let alone how you've seen it or the pressure that it put between us because this person isn't willing to grow, you know, or grow fast enough, even if they want to grow. They say they want to, but why aren't they doing the work? And it's like, well, I can only have this amount of energy to pour into it at least what I feel right now. So it's like, okay, I want to get there, but it's taking me forever. And I don't know how I'm going to do it because I still have to maintain this stability. Mm. So that's where the pressure was for me. And to say, you know, everything else is falling apart and I have two hands. So what ball do I catch as it's falling down? You know? Mm -hmm. And it's, playing the juggling game and and somebody just keeps throwing more balls in there and the piece just the pace goes faster and it's like okay a ball's gonna fall i can feel it but which one do i let fall mm -hmm. so there was like i didn't want any of them to fall because they were all important you know i wanted somebody else to start juggling with me so we can divide these balls you know or some of these balls to be set down and I could just keep juggling maybe a few of them. So that's where I found myself. And I had my own struggles. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that you had your own struggles and you needed to find your own self and acknowledge what was missing for you. And it's like, okay, well, how can I share what is missing for me? And when do I have the time, you know, and is that even important? <laughs> the mm -hmm. bottom line. So it, it was it was it was difficult. It was it was it was difficult. Was there was there ever a time and I, I have I 
like I hear you saying these are the things that I wanted and I'm hearing that and I'm also like and you're watching me make build that mm-hmm. but for me mm-hmm. was there ever a time that you resented the business uh the honest answer is probably yes um and it's not that I resented the business maybe I resented the priority that the business took you know mm-hmm. and but I also acknowledged that that was like your hideaway and that's what I resented the most you know and it's like I know that you need to do this I know that I want you that you want to do this I know that this brings you happiness but like that can also take a pause you know mm-hmm. or the other question, the other side of that is, can it take a pause for me to sit here and say, well, I'm glad you're doing you. Now I want to do me. And I didn't see a way that they both can happen. So I'm like, okay, I just need to not do me. Which is absolutely fascinating to me. Like, because obviously we've now had the conversations about that. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, I was always of the mind, like, if he needs something, he'll say it, right. right? Or if he needs something, he needs to say it. He needs like, to say I'm it. Like, you know, I'm not a mind reader. Right. And so, and because of my personality type, I'm like, he knows, or at least this is my thought. I'm sitting here like, he knows that if he tells me he wants to do something, or if he tells me that he needs something, then I'm going to also do what needs to happen in order to facilitate for that, that for him, mm-hmm. right? Like, and so, or at least that's what I thought. Maybe you didn't feel that way. I don't know. Maybe you didn't know that. No. But I felt like you knew that. Well, I mean, at the time, I'm also acknowledging you putting your values in line and what matters to you and what's important to you. Now, were you willing to pour into my cup at that same time that you're saying, I'm finding what's important to me and what best serves me, you know? So it's like, how can I go and attempt to say, hey, put me before you, you know? That doesn't sound like it was even worth mentioning. So I didn't mention it. I didn't say it. I didn't speak. One of the things that really stands out to me as I kind of reflect over the time spent in the interview with Ahmed and also just, you know, for myself as as I reflect back over um, over the past decade, right, over the past decade of what has been growing my business and then, of course, that time corresponding also with what it was to, um, to develop and nurture, uh, you know, my relationship, my marriage, is that piece that that he just shared right at the end of this segment where he mentions that he didn't speak, right? That he had um, beliefs around where I stood, how I felt, um, how available I was or would have been um, for him and to him in the ways that he needed, right? And and yet because of because of those stories, because of those internal stories that he had, he actually didn't speak and he actually didn't communicate with me. And as I reflect back, I can see where I also, um, where I also did that, right. Where I also chose to keep my thoughts to myself, keep my feelings to myself, um, and not really allow him in to let him know what I needed and to let him know, you know, the ways in which, um, 
and the ways in which I was struggling or the ways in which I was doing really well and, um, and the ways in which I, you know, wanted slash needed him there in partnership. And so I want to kind of wrap up this, um, this segment, if you will, of the interview with a question slash invitation for you, right? As you are navigating your your business, growing your business while also maintaining your relationship, whether that's a marriage or a partnership, or, um, even if you're just dating, right. And you need to kind of set the, um, set the tone for what it looks like for you to be a business owner and also introduce someone new to your life. I want to invite you, right. To, to begin putting words, begin putting words to your thoughts, to your experiences, and for you to become, um, more actively, not passively, right? More actively communicative about the things that you need and about, um, you know, the, the, the problems that may arise about the things that you feel really great, really proud of. And most importantly, the ways in which you see, you know, your partner playing a role in, in your life, um, and what that looks like for you and what that means to you. I think, um, one of the biggest challenges in general is that we, uh, kind of, communicate only like within the silo of ourselves, right? So we become an echo chamber for our own thoughts, for our own rhetorics, narrative stories. And when we don't invite our partners in to also be participants of that process, we kind of cut their legs out from under them, right? We kind of don't, we don't even give them a chance, um, to, to do the right things, right? And when I say the right things, I don't mean right, like from right, wrong, from like a moral compass perspective, but like the right things for them to be a right fit, a good fit for you. And, um, so if I could make one suggestion, it would be that. And I'd love to open up the conversation to the entrepreneur community, if you'd like to have it, where, um, like let's, let's, let's kind of chat about, um, what it has, what has it been like for you communicating with your partner around, um, the things that you need, um, whether that's relative to support you need inside of the business or support you need in your personal life or how they fit into those pictures or what have you, right? Is this challenging for you? And if so, why, why has it been challenging for you historically? Um, and if not, if you, if you feel that you've, you know, you and your partner have a really great communication style when it comes to, um, to these, uh, these sorts of issues, right. And it's not just this, right. I feel like this is, this is universal actually. Then uh, I'd love it if you'd be willing to share some of your advice for the other entrepreneurs in the community so that they can benefit from that as well. So um, I want to go ahead and invite you. Come on and join us over inside of the Hennepreneur community. You can find us um, on Facebook. Uh, you can visit hennepreneur.com slash community for um, the link to access the group. But I'd love to have that conversation with you there. And I look forward to talking with you soon. All right. Bye for now. Hey friend, I just want to give you a quick thank you for tuning into this episode of the Hennepreneur Podcast, and I hope that you're really enjoying connecting with me in this way. You can find links to all of the content shared today in the show notes located at hennepreneur.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed the show and would like to stay in the loop with Hennepreneur, be sure to subscribe to the podcast too. You'll get access to all of the new episodes and to surprise bonus episodes as well as soon as they're released. I'd be so grateful to you if you'd take a moment to rate and leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well. This helps me to reach more artists like you who would love and benefit from the show. For more ways to connect and work with me or to join me inside of the Hennepreneur community, pop over to hennepreneur.com. I can't wait to support you as you chase your big audacious goals, one henna design at a time.